Welcome to the River Mountain Church Preaching Library. It is our prayer and indeed our hope that this message might inspire your life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the preaching of God's Word. So the message today is called Planted in the Right Place. How many of you want to be planted in the right place? I assume all of you. The Bible tells us that when we are planted in the right place, uh, there's an abundance of joy. God gives us a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. He desires us to be called oaks of righteousness. We are the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. God planted you. Whether you understand this or not, he planted you. But just because God planted planted you doesn't mean that there are not choices to be made in your cultivation. And the Bible tells us over and over again that there is a way to be extremely blessed. I'm assuming all of you want to be extremely blessed. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scoffer. His delight, his passion, his focus is always on the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. The Bible says this person who just puts God's word at such a high level, just walks with God, this person is going to be like a tree planted along the streams, He's going to yield fruit in season. Whatever he does will prosper. Does this sound like a good life to you? Sounds like a good life to me. You are the planting of the Lord. And we flourish best in the courts of our God. And if we stay with him, we will bear fruit even in our old age. The Bible says that there is something in us that we can accelerate the growth and our fruitfulness if we'll just get really, really embedded in him, in his word, in his instruction. Listen, here's our text today. This is our text. This is Psalm 25, 12, and 13. Who is the man who fears the Lord? We'll talk a little bit about what it means to fear the Lord. Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. God will instruct you in the way that he wants you to go. Listen. And his soul shall dwell in well-being. His offspring shall inherit the land. Let me read it to you out of another translation. His soul shall... uh, That's the same translation. He who fears the Lord, they will live in prosperity. The Bible says a lot about prosperity. Prosperity is not financial necessarily. It's just every form of of joy and peace and everything that you've ever wanted is found in God's prosperity. And it's made available for people to take God seriously. The fear of the Lord is I care more about what God wants, what God says, what God instructs than anything. I will always do what God tells me to do. I am obsessed with God and his word. Oswald Chambers, I was, this, this is what kind of motivated me. The Lord told me to preach out of Oswald Chambers as I was kind of going through his devotional. And Oswald Chambers says, this was, I think was uh, Wednesday or maybe Tuesday, he says, are you obsessed by something? You will probably say, no, nothing at all. But all of us are obsessed by something, usually by ourselves. We are the Christ, or, or, or if we are Christians, by the experience of the Christian life. He says, the psalmist says, that we are to be obsessed by God and abiding in the awareness of the Christian life to be God. Well, we're not to uh, concentrate on the Christian life necessarily, but God himself. He says, the total being of our life inside and out is to be absolutely obsessed by the presence of God. Is this you? Are you obsessed with 
God and his presence, being in his presence, listening to him, have him talk to you, you talk to him. It's an obsession. You live in him. You move in him. Everything about God is, you're just moving in him. The Jewish people have an have a expression for the heart. They call it a walled garden. And they are careful to look over their heart and what is in their heart and what is going into their heart. It is a wall. They put a wall up and they're careful about everything that goes through this passageway. They only allow the word of God. They only allow God's spirit. They keep out a lot of junk. Our hearts are to be walled gardens. And what the Bible says about that is this. You shall keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Whatever is in your heart here, whatever you let in here comes out. In other words, what you let into the walled garden in a sense becomes your life. You live with it. You breathe with it. So it behooves you to say, God, here's my heart. I will put a wall around it and I will be careful about what goes into it. Who is the wise man who fears the Lord? And by the way, the fear of the Lord is that you are just all inspired with reverence and worship and you are totally in submission and wonder. You're constantly just living in that God what? If you're that person, you're always going to be instructed in God's ways that you should go. Quick, pro- quick promises, again, about, it's not just prosperity, it's, it's more, well, it is prosperity, but listen to what prosperity includes. Whoever listens to me will dwell securely. He will be at ease without dread of disaster. How many of you are, get that dread of disaster? Oh, everything is fall, every, right? You have this dread of that, that the worst possible things are coming. Listen, when you begin to listen to the Lord, begin to zero in on him, you're going to feel secure. I'm totally secure. I'm totally safe. Listen to what Anne says. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Whoever has it rests satisfied. I got everything. I need nothing. And he will not be visited by harm. How many people th- think so? harm is coming? Harm is going to visit me. No, 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 no. To fear the Lord, you're going to rest in total sas- satisfaction Because why? Because you're planted here. You're planted in the place where God wants you. There's nothing to fear. Why? Because God has planted you. God is nourishing you. He is your stronghold. Whom shall I be afraid? Listen, my adversaries, the, the, the harm, the things that try to come against, my adversaries and my foes, it is they who will stumble and fall. It's not me. My adversaries, the world around me, enemies, demonic forces, people that hate me, whatever you view as coming against you, all of those things are doomed to fail, but you're not. But here's what I want to tell you. How many of you, anybody in here a Christian? I'm just out of curiosity. Just out of curiosity. I'm just kind of, I always like to take, there we go. I like to take surveys every now and then. Most Christians, I believe, settle for being planted in the almost perfect place. Not the perfect place, just the, I'm close enough. I I think I got it figured out enough. And I want to encourage you 
to strive for, I'm a recovering perfectionist. And guess what? I'm going to go back to being a perfectionist, but in the right things. I want to be perfect as the Bible calls me to be perfect. Listen, this God, his way is perfect. I don't want to be in the kind of semi-perfect way. I want to be in the absolute perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all. I want to be in the perfect path, the perfect way. I don't want to be semi-perfect. Let me give you some scriptures on perfection. Some people think, well, I'm going to study my Bible. I'm going to read it from Genesis to Revelation. I'm going to do it five times a year. I don't know what you're doing. I'm going to search the scriptures every day. And there's nothing wrong with the Bible. Obviously, I read the Bible continually. But you've got to do what the Bible says. It's not just about reading it. and not just about studying it. You've got to say, and here's what Jesus says, you search the scriptures. He's talking to the religious leaders. You search the scriptures. You think that in them you have eternal life. But they're all telling you to come to me. When you read the Bible, the Bible says, come. Come to him. Be intimate with him. Get close to him. You can't just study the Bible and not come. You remember the uh, rich young ruler? You know, he just did everything the Bible told him to do. Everything the Bible told him to do. And Jesus finally said, listen, if you want to be perfect, I see within you a zeal for perfection. Let me tell you what perfection looks like. You get rid of everything, all your distractions, all the things you have, everything, and you just follow me. You want to be perfect? Come follow Perfection is found in following. And by the way, a lot of people focus on this. Sell your possessions, give to the poor. And they say, okay, well, if I'm really a Christian, I'm not going to have anything. That is not what it says. This man was ruled and controlled by what he had. And Jesus says, get rid of it all, follow me. How do I know that? Because look, here's Mark 10. And by the way, this is the same story. Jesus said, there's no one who's left houses and brothers and sisters and mothers for, for the sake of the gospel that will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. That was in response to Peter's question when Peter said, uh, yeah, the rich young ruler couldn't do it, Jesus, but we did it. We're going to live with nothing. And Jesus says, no, you're not. No, you're not. Because I'm going to bless you because you're following me. I'm going to give you a hundredfold. I'm going to give you everything the Gentiles seek after because you're planted You're planted beside the still waters. One other scripture about perfection. I want to be perfect. One time Jesus said to his disciples, you want to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect? Do this. And here's what he says about that perfection. He says, you got to love your enemies. You have got to develop a deep love for the people that hate you. You've got to have a deep intercession prayer life For people that are persecuting you. You want to be perfect. You don't want to be semi-perfect. You want to be perfect. You don't want to be conformed to the way the world behaves. You want to be transformed, right? Context. This is uh, Romans 12.2. Context. A little bit further down. This is just in the same chapter. He's talking about conformity, transformity. This is what transformed people do. They live peaceably with all people. They never avenge themselves. They leave room for the wrath of God. If their enemy is hungry, they feed. If he's thirsty, they give him something to drink. They're always overcoming the evil they see around them with good. And then the segue. Romans 
Romans, and by the way, there are no chapters and verses in the original scripture. This overcome evil, uh, this, this overcoming evil by good goes right into government. Why do you think it went right into government? Why do you think it went right into government? Who controls government? Test, it's not the Republicans and the Democrats. If we're trusting in Republicans and Democrats, man, we're, we're trusting the wrong thing. I'm going to tell you that right now. Look, you're to be subject to governing authorities. Why? Because there is no authority except from God. And those that exist, and by the way, the gov- and I've said this many, many times, you've got to hear it though, Nero and Rome was the government that was in place. The worst, most awful people. <laughs> Paul says, therefore, whoever resists authority of what God has appointed is, is going to incur judgment. I want to be perfect. How do you become perfect? My mind is transformed. I'm always doing good to my enemies. I'm always doing good to my persecutors. I'm always praying for them. And guess what? Even when my government becomes my enemy, I begin to love them. Or, or the option is that I do this. I'm no longer subject to them. I don't believe they've been instituted by God. I'm, I'm going to reject Romans 13. And when you reject Romans 13, guess what you enter? You enter the twilight zone. I love the twilight zone. There's a door into the twilight zone. There's also a vortex that you get sucked into, that you go deeper and deeper into a world that really doesn't exist. It's a sub-role. It's a twilight zone. And what I see in the American church, and I'm, I, I, I realize I've preached this before. Don't, don't be angry with me. The reason why I'm preaching this is because, in my opinion, the message that needs to be here more than any other message today is this message that I'm preaching. People are obsessed with what is happening to America. Have you, seen what, have you seen what was posted on Facebook? Have you seen what was on Google? You know, have you shared that story? I mean, this is really, really bad. Did you hear the latest? This group is furious. And over here, these guys, I don't know who these guys are, but they're furious too. Everybody's so upset with one another. Oh, I'll tell you what's happening in America. I can't believe it. And we're all like this. We're all like little children. Yeah, Listen, if you're like this, turn the radio off. Turn the TV off. Media on left and right sides, their whole job is to make you angry. That's their job. Let's take a little story and blow it out of proportion so this group gets angry, this group gets mad. That's what they do. And I wouldn't be talking about this. I wouldn't be talking about this if, if I, I... There's people I love that are constantly sending me emails that Donald Trump is still the president of the United States. <laughs> I love these people. Some of them are my friends. And they send me revelations from pastors, usually from the South... And at some place in the, in the Revelation, they go, and Donald D. Trump is still the president of these United States. And they've written books on the prophecies, and, and they've connected it to the rapture. Actually, the Trump prophecies are connected to the rapture. 
And I've developed, I think the Lord actually gave me this phrase. I'm calling them Cracker Barrel Christians. <laughs> now, before you stone me for picking on Cracker Barrel, I love Cracker Barrel. Anybody been in a Cracker Barrel gift shop? It's beautiful. It's Americana mixed with a lot of Christian plaques. And we get in there and we're going, uh, uh, I feel safe in Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is my, my happy place. I'm surrounded with Christian plaques and Americana and pickup trucks and candy from the 1900s. And I'm going to get myself some southern fried chicken and some gravy. So what do I mean by Cracker Barrel Christianity? Cracker Barrel Christianity is a combination of all that is good, all that is God, all that is right. You know, there's a lot of scriptures. You know, I mean, there's a lot of goodness in that. But it's also combined with what I call in America, it ain't right. What's happening to America just ain't right. Now the problem is, and what I see in a lot of these sincere Christians, and I believe they are very sincere, what I see in them is they're so hungry for God and his word and prophecy that they take that and then somehow they slip in, but it just ain't right. And so they're not, they're, Peter was a Cracker Barrel Christian. Remember he gets a revelation about Jesus and Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You're, you're, Peter, you're really something. And then the next thing Peter says, listen, since you think I'm really something, I moved in the spirit, let me tell you what ain't right. What ain't right? And the Bible says that Peter felt so strongly about this that he actually rebukes Jesus. Think about this. He rebuked the man who told him to walk on water. He feels passionately about this. He says, it ain't right what you're saying about you going to Rome and then putting a thumb on you. That ain't right. That ain't right. So Peter has a revelation, Spirit of God, and he got a Cracker Barrel Christian. That ain't right. Let me tell you what happens. Here's what Jesus says to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You got it right here, but this whole thing you got wrong. Why did, why did Peter get this wrong? Because he's not listening to how Jesus is couching this. He's saying these evil, wicked rulers and people in authority, Rome, the Pharisees, the scribes, I gotta go there and they're gonna put me to death. And Peter goes, that ain't right. And then Jesus says to Peter, you're setting your mind not on the things of God. You have no idea what God is doing on the planet. You're just thinking about it ain't right. And what I see happening in America is that we're all hot and heavy seeing America go to hell in a handbasket, and we're thinking that we can stop it like Peter could stop it. Let me give you a, a scary scripture. This is Jude. I'm going to read this real quickly. I'll try to get it through it quickly. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago, and by the way, I don't think that these people are destined for damnation. I, I think they're well-meaning people. But listen to what these people were doing that was so terrible. Listen. Not only were they practicing sensuality, but they were denying the only master and Lord. They were denying that Jesus was master and Lord. What is Jesus master and Lord over? Everything. Listen. Listen. 
Yet in like manner, these people also relying on what? Dreams. And they're like, what, what, do, what, do, what do they get in their dreams? They get this, reject authority. Reject authority. Reject the authority. Reject the authority. And they do begin to blaspheme God, not knowingly, and listen to the illustration that is given in Jude about why not to do it. He talks about the archangel Michael contending with the devil. How many people think that, that the devil is bad? The devil is evil. He says these angels so respect authority that when it came to the dispute over the, the, the body of Moses, they did not presume to announce a blasphemy, a blasphemy judgment. They did not presume to say something wicked against the devil himself. Why? Listen to what it says here. They said, may the Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do. Not understand, they have no understanding. They are destroyed by what? Like, they're destroyed like unreasoning animals. Understanding instinct. Woe to them. Why is it a bad mistake to reject authority? Here it says they, they, are, they are like, they are perishing in, in uh, Korad's rebellion. If you remember the story of, 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 of the guy that came out against Moses' anointing and Moses' authority, they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. They said to them, you have gone too far. We're not going to listen to you anymore. You've gone too far. For all, all the congregation are holy. Every, we're all holy. We can all hear God. Who are you to tell us what to do? Uh-oh, what do we got going on in the back there? I want, to, I want you to see the scriptures. I don't want to just talk about it as if you're not looking at it. How many people think that uh, Apple is listening in on messages? And no, they're not. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not. Maybe they are. I don't know. I know a lot of technology people will not allow Alexa in the house. Anyway, I digress. Listen, you got too far. Uh, why do you exalt yourself? In other words, here's the authority of God. Here's what God has put in place. And they are coming against the authority that God has put in place. What I would say to you is it's a bad idea. So, so Moses doesn't want to strike him dead. Moses basically says, listen, you don't understand this, but, but I'm not Moses really, and Aaron's not Aaron really. We've been put here by God. And if you continue to rebel against us, you're not rebelling against us, you're rebelling against God. And what happens is that eventually the ground comes and swallows them up. The ground opens up and swallows them up. Why? Because they came against the authority that God has established. Let me put it to you again. Let every person be subject to governing authorities. Whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed and will incur judgment. It's a warning. Did I preach through that already? Wow. Wow. I know I didn't. That's not the end. Let me put it to you real quickly. What if you had an opportunity to stop these bad men? 
What if you were standing right here and you could stop Joseph's brothers, wicked, awful men who wanted him dead, and you could stop them putting him into bed? What would happen? You would stop the plan of God. What would happen if you were like Peter could actually stop the crucifixion? Stop evil men from doing evil things. What would happen? You would have stopped the will of God. What is being missed, what is not being understood, is that God uses both evil and good to bring about his plan. And you better be careful, you better be careful in saying it ain't right to Jesus. It ain't right. That you, it ain't right. No, no, this is the plan. Peter was not a coward. Peter was a zealot who said, not on my watch. I'll put it this way. Peter was an NRA-carrying, sword-bearing person. He was packing in the garden. And he knows Jesus is meek and mild and he's not into weaponry, but Peter is into weaponry. And I have a feeling Peter, being the man that he was, he looks at these temple... You know what the temple guards were like? See a mall cop? See mall cops? These were the temple guards. Peter's gone, no way, man. No way are these dudes taken by Lord and Savior. It ain't right. So he pulls out his sword and he says, not on my watch. It's not going to happen now. If I got to use force, I'll use force. Peter was trusting in his own ability, in his own weapons. I'm afraid of the enemy, so therefore I got to carry a weapon. And Jesus says, you don't have to carry weapons. You live by that, you'll die by that. Listen, you don't have to carry that. Listen, I'm more than able to protect myself. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. If you want to have a carry a gun, go ahead and carry a gun. I don't care. But I got to tell you something, kids. I'm packing too. You can't see them. But there's five of the biggest angels with the biggest swords standing by me at all times. Don't get them mad. Ah, you can't see them. Okay. Let's say exit the twilight zone. Those who fear God, fear his word, fear who he is, they are going to be the ones who, who, who are in the right path. They are going to be the ones who are prospering. Jeremiah, when the Babylonians were coming to oppress them, to take them over, to put them into bondage, Jeremiah says, listen, relax. Seek the peace and prosperity of the Babylonians and their city who are carrying you away in exile. Pray, because if they prosper, you'll prosper. And you know what the people said? you got to be joking. I'm not going to go in no Babylonian captivity or no Babylonians over me. No way. No, 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 no. And guess what happened to all those who fought the Babylonians? I'll give you one clue. They all died. Jeremiah the prophet had spoken. He says, no, God is controlling universes. He's controlling kings and nations. And the Babylonian Nebuchadnezzar is coming, and you're... Oh, whoa, I didn't see that. Now that changes everything. Let me say this. America is not doomed any more than Jesus was doomed. I said America is not doomed any more than Jesus was doomed. The more evil came against him the more it carried out the plan of God. Jesus was not doomed by evil men. Evil men did not win. 
evil men brought about the salvation of the world. The Babylonians brought about the salvation of the world because God doesn't care who he uses. Cracker Barrel Christianity. A little bit of Americana. A little bit of Bible verses on refrigerators. Not, not, not real heavy on theology, though. I don't get my theology from Cracker Barrel. I don't go into theology in the Cracker Barrel going, let me get a good theology book here in Cracker Barrel. I go here to feel good. But the theology of the Bible says all authority has been established by God, and if you come against it, sometimes people are like, well, what, what about Great Britain? We, no, 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 that's a political argument. That is not a... That was not the church. All authority has been established by God. All authority is to be respected as that. And if you'll get that into your little mind and into your little head, what will happen next will be remarkable. Because you, my friend, are seated Last scripture, and I promise I'm going to close. Last, I, I, I got I to show you this scripture because this is exactly what's happening in America. Listen. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of this earth are, and the rulers, they take counsel together and they're against our Lord and they're against his anointed. And they're saying, let's bust the bands apart. Let's cast away the cords from us. Let's get rid of the Bible and evangelicals and Christianity and all those things that they say are right. Let's cast it off. Listen. And we get angry. I'm going to show you the only expression you're to have when this happens. Because you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. When God sees this, does anybody know what he does? What he does? When he sees the nations raging against him, all men are... Does that mean what he does? You ready? He who sits in heaven laughs. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be joking me. You're raging against me? You think that you... What? The Lord holds them in derision. You know what that is? It's sarcasm. The Lord says, you, you, you can't be serious. You can't be. They're raging against the Lord, and the Lord says, listen. Oh, my. <sighs> listen, if you're not laughing at the world, then you're not paying attention. Because he has raised you up and seated you in heavenly places. And let me read you the rest of it. Right? He's laughing. He's on his throne. He's laughing. You should be laughing too. They can't be seriously. You've got to get this. They're not, they're not, the, not going to win. But you are. You're sitting with him in heavenly places. You are over all things. He is not. The God of this world is not over anything. He has permission to go to the, I don't know if he goes to the bathroom, but he would have to ask permission if he did. Every king, every nation does not pass through the hands of God without God saying, okay, let this happen. But here's the real test, folks. Here's the real test. 
The real test on this planet is how will my people react? How will my people react? Are they perfect? Do they love their enemies? Do they speak good of people that hurt? Or are they going to be just like the road? Fire with fire, swords with swords. We're going to fight on the seas and on the land. We shall never surrender. You'll end up hearing the cock crow in the garden, knowing that the plan of God cannot be stopped. And you, with all your good intentions, ain't going to stop it. So let me give you the clue. Lay down and die. Surrender to the Almighty God. He holds nations, kings, and universes in the palm of his hands. And he says to you, be perfect as I'm perfect. I could have wiped them out years ago. But I'm loving them and praying for them and loving them and praying for them. I've seen a lot worse. But you, my children, be perfect. Love and pray for them. Love and pray for them. Love and pray for them. And I'm not going to stop until you do. Because I care about you. Thanks for listening to this message from River Mountain Church. If you'd like some more information, visit our website, rivermountainchurch.org. 